I'm Alexandra Legui. This is Mindset Unfiltered. My guest this week is 18-year-old Scott McKenna. If asked at 16 what his dream was, it would have been racing driver. But asked what his reality was likely to be, he'd have said, "Mm, probably working for mum and dad in Norway. Yet, as we speak, the start of 2020, Scott is the 2019 British Ginetta GT5 champion and one of only 13 British racers under 24 to be selected as a British Racing Drivers Club, BRDC, rising star. This is no small achievement. These young racers are chosen by the BRDC because they have achieved success in the upper levels of motorsport and are quite simply the ones to watch. This is a really good chat. What a grown-up head Scott has on his shoulders. We discuss his very calm approach to his racing career. It's quite a different approach to some of the other younger drivers that I've spoken to. We talk about how he stays focused over the season, how he deals with pressures, how he deals when he's faced with very difficult hurdles, how he juggles his racing career with his 18-year-old world, which, let's face it, for most of us would be pretty tough. But Scott is taking it all very much in his stride. And I think you'll agree, after listening to this chat, why the BRDC have penned him as a rising star. Scott McKenna. I am here with Scott McKenna. It's not so good to actually get to sit down and have a chat to you properly. The last time I saw you was on the ice in Norway. Yeah, probably two foot smaller than I am now. Yeah, literally. (laughs) And you've done so much since as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've managed to to come quite away in the three years that have been been at it uh, and especially since the last time I saw you yeah won races and, and championships how would you describe yourself um that's a the big question uh, I wouldn't say overly complicated keep things simple and and stay effective tell us about your career well there's Mine's, mine's a strange one, isn't it? It's, it's very unorthodox in a way of that I've never driven a go-kart properly. Unlike the other 99.9% of the drivers coming up through the ranks, I I learned everything I knew of know through my uh, parents' ice driving school in Norway, as you know. Uh, kind of came in through the back door that way, almost having won the lottery with a text saying that I'd be doing Ginetta Juniors the following year in 2017. Uh, unfortunately, that came to a a quicker than a quicker end than I'd have, I'd have liked it to with uh, with problems there, but we got back on the grid for 2018. That was going well, podiums, pole positions, uh, and then a big accident brought that to a stop. Um, but then we we really got it together for 2019, managed a full season, uh, and we won the championship. So first first full season, and we we made the most of it and couldn't have done couldn't have done any better that's incredible isn't it third time third year lucky almost yeah third time Um, how did you I'll jump straight into it because actually you have you've as you say you've kind of come up against quite a lot of adversity how do you deal with that on uh, on an actual weekend how do you deal with it and then as the year as a whole how do you not go bugger it I can't I just can't do this anymore Uh, I I always think in any sport, no matter what it is, motorsport, hockey, football, darts, bottom line is an athlete competes in their sport because they love it. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, when it's getting, when it's tough, or annoying, stressful, um, or you might be angry at what, whatever it might be, always remind yourself, I'm here because I love it. Uh, and, uh, and that's why we start these things in the first place. So, and especially in motorsports, one of those sports where the lows are the lowest of lows and the highs are the highest of highs. Uh, but to me, that's what makes it so addictive almost. Um, but yeah, it's, it's keeping it all kind of compartmentalised in, in your head of, I'm here because I enjoy it, I love doing it. And, and that's when, speaking from experience, I perform at my best is when I'm relaxed and enjoying it. So, you know, I've never really had a time where I've gone, you know what, maybe this isn't for me, but in saying that, I think every driver or athlete has a, a time of day where they go, like, this is this is a bit of a struggle, but that, that's all part of competing in a sport where such small margins mean the difference between winning and losing. You say that to compete at your best, you need to be quite relaxed. Um, what, what do you do then to help you stay in the right mindset over the season uh, for me being in the right mindset I've got to feel prepared um, that's something that maybe I didn't do the first year in 2017 or 2017 you get caught up in a lot of other things um, where you end up coming down to those those few minutes before qualifying or a race and going over it in your head kind of pre-analyzing it maybe you, you haven't fully prepared yourself or you've left stones unturned um, whereas for me personally it's all about feeling prepared knowing that there's nothing I haven't done in order to give myself the best chance possible of, of, of doing as well as I can do and sometimes that's not always winning a race or, or being the fastest because that would be unrealistic but being consistently up at the top uh, for me all begins at feeling prepared and knowing genuinely in yourself, no matter what anyone else says, is, is that you're ready for it and you're kind of giving yourself the tools needed to, to kind of go out and, and achieve what you're, you're possible of achieving. Do you have quite a structured approach to this preparation that you speak of? I, I wouldn't say I do. I haven't got um, a proper regime training plan. I've got a diet plan. I've got a sleep plan. It's, I think... I think motorsport, as a sport, as is any other sport, it's been almost over-engineered. Um, and I'm not saying that as a, it's just in a, a general comment because there's some some aspects of any sport that need hyper-analysing because that's that's how you win at the end of the day. But uh, personally, for me, not having that really, really super-structured um, plan and regime means that I, I adapt to whatever the situation, what, what's happening in my week-to-week, day-to-day um, plans. I kind of work around what's happening. Uh, I go with the flow, that's a good way of putting it. I, I do go with the flow a lot, you know, if I'm craving something to eat, I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. If it's not healthy, I'll train out of the next day. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. You end up, uh, for me, I end up not enjoying doing what I do as as much if it becomes, I can't eat more than so many calories a day, I have to sleep eight hours a night instead of seven and a half, it just becomes a little bit too structured and strict and for some people that works and I understand that but for me, um, like I said earlier, to perform at my best means being relaxed, 
Yeah, and almost not putting those uh, um, additional pressures on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yourself. exactly. It's those additional pressures that I think crumble a lot of young drivers or young athletes um, into potentially stopping what they love doing or, or what they're good at. It's, it's those additional pressures that don't need to be there most of the time. Um, and at the end of the day, pressure is only something that you put on yourself. It's something that you create uh, in your own head, and it's how to um, it's how to kind of react and you know, yeah. use those pressures in a positive way. Me personally, I um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but in a good way um, because I, I I believe that you get yourself in a position where you, you like I said, you feel fully prepared. You know what you're doing. You've been over it a million times. Um, and, and you have to perform because what's the point in doing all these things for months and months and months leading up to this this next 20 minutes and then just not performing for some for someone having said to you before the race you know you got you got to qualify on pole you don't need telling that because that's obviously the objective and for, for a comment like that for me would go straight over my head whereas a lot of other people really take it to heart and yeah. focus on this and, and then that has such a negative effect yeah. on the performance when in reality it's such a minor yeah. minor little statement that really counts And do counts you for have, like what if, let's say you do have a, a race or a qualifying session where um, things don't go to plan and you feel like it's something that maybe that you've done, how quick are you to re respond or react to that and let it go? What I is think the strategy for that? When, when something goes wrong, how you deal with it, um, as, as you'll know, it's really, really important. That's almost um, that's almost more important as the thing that's gone wrong itself is how you deal with it and react and, and respond. Do you use an example? Uh, three race weekends in, um, we'd had an awful start to the season with an incident and, and some other stuff. And in the second round, good, but then not so good because of a tyre choice. And come the third round, it was a really really a matter of right we need to start winning races now we kind of got to say bye to the championship and and there we are in qualifying qualified 10th so it was it was just this snowball effect of it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse um and just for me de dealing with something that feels so bad at the time and um and looking back it probably then gave us the edge slightly further down the line because it made us really think and sit down and review and analyse right what what went wrong there was it something I did the team did or something out of our control because there's no point blaming yourself that you have no control over um, and it, it's it's not good to dwell on things at all because um, that only then affects your performance in the in the first race second race third race or whatever it might be. Um, we sit down half an hour 45 minutes go through what went wrong why it went wrong what could we have done to avoid it and then what we're going to do in the next weekend's qualifying that's going to enable us to not qualify 10th and that's exactly what we did and came away from a two race re a two race weekend with two podiums so it was yeah. it was all, all sorted but it was like that two three hours before the first race of like oh this is this isn't good uh, but it's, it's just kind of simplifying it in your head right down to the basics of what went wrong because normally nine times out of ten it's something really fundamental and yeah. basic that's gone wrong 
there's no point jumping to something so advanced and so complicated that you end up overthinking and just you're looking in the wrong place when the problem's somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and going back, going back to the question how to deal with something when it when it's going wrong, it's for me it's keeping it keeping it simple, trimming what went wrong right down to the bare bones and uh, and fixing it and working it through that way, not dwelling on it. Um, and always keeping the mindset of we move forward one step or one foot in front of the other sort of thing. How old are you now? 18. How do you juggle this career with your with your 18-year-old life? That's a that's a it's a good question and I'm in a position exactly the same as so many other young guys and girls trying to hack it in whatever it might be not even sport and, yeah. and what it comes down to is priorities and what you put above the next yeah. best thing and, um, and for me I'd love to be going out every Friday Saturday yeah. doing that going on lads holidays all, all the rest of it but then when it comes down to it do you want a career doing something that you love doing um, or do you just want to go out and uh, do all that sort of stuff and that's not to say there's not times when you can do both because there is, um, but it's it's knowing what you really want and kind of just getting it sorted in your head of right. I want that more than I want that, and it's as simple and it's as simple as that. And I think there's too many young drivers these days that try and juggle both to to like the maximum of of each going out every Friday, Saturday, but then the next weekend racing Saturday, Sunday. Um, and I don't think it can be done in yeah. a sport like motorsport where everything's looked at in such fine detail and it's it's not it's not one of those sports where you kind of dip in and, and dip out and you can still do well it's a lifestyle choice so yeah. not kind of following in that stereotypical 18 year old lifestyle is just part of what you're going to do and I guess when you are getting results as you are and you are penned as a real rising star you you kind of need, I suppose, that you must. You, there must be a way that you must look at yourself. And do you see yourself as successful? Yeah, I, I without sounding arrogant. No, there's no. From, ar- yeah, there is From, an from the lack of it. experience I've had in comparison to some of the, uh, in comparison to some of my competitors who are like world champion in carts and champion in this and champion in that, um, it's. I, I would count myself as successful. Um, but hand on heart that's through hard work yeah um, it's not to say there's there's some natural ability there um, because that, that that's what you need to kind of yeah um, especially in this sport win championships and be so consistently successful over a long period of time um, but like I said it's through the through the adding up of so many different things and, and factors um, like not going out every weekend and and those sorts of stuff and sacrificing every pound that you get through whatever it might be to to what you're doing. Um, yeah, so I would consider myself uh, successful. Nowadays, I mean, we actually just waved at Rebecca Jackson, who I know you had to speak to a chat with this morning about um, her sponsorship academy. Yeah. Nowadays, there is so much more 
to being a driver than just having talent, isn't there? It's like to have the overall package. So how tough is that? That it's not just down to your driving ability, that you also have to have the media, you have to have the support, the money, the blah 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 blah. There's two there's two huge sides to this, isn't there? There's the side where I wanna sit here and just talk and talk and talk for, for hours and hours about why wasn't I born in the 60s and just be able yeah, to be an F1 driver exactly. through pure talent mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. Whereas um, you've got the flip side to that and you look at it through through a way of, because there's so many different sort of areas to be focusing on if you want to make it as a proper professional driver, I see that as almost um, an opportunity to yeah, win races, win championships, but also you beat your competitors off track with media, PR, yeah. um, whatever it might be. Because like you say, there's so much more to it than just, just the driving. Um, there's nothing I can do about not being born in the 60s. So you kind of got to lap it up and accept that there's going to be people with more money. There's going to be people who are faster than you sometimes. Um, people with bigger followings, but that's all things that can be worked on um, and, and up to now hard work has managed to kind of make up for that lack of budget or or whatever it's been to kind of get me up to speed with all these kind of seasoned professionals who have been doing it since they were six um, and then eventually in 2019 to be beating these people. Yeah. What's your relationship with social media? Good. I'm trying really hard to kind of build it up and um, get get a nice a nice following going. And um, for for me, it's kind of I want to show what it's like. From I don't want to sound 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 strange, but just a normal person who would never have got the opportunity to even dip a toe in the water with racing. Um, I kind of want to show genuinely what it's like for someone like that to then luckily. Um, be given that opportunity to do it and kind of take that opportunity by both hands and, and kind of run with it. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of today's media and PR, they, they show only the good bits yeah. and the happy bits and the bits where we're winning all the time and yeah. where we're setting fastest laps, whereas that's a lot of the time such a small part of it. There's yeah. so much more to it than just that winning and, uh, and qualifying. Um, you've got a lot of the hard work getting up at half four in the morning just to go on a, on a run before coming to the Oxford show today. It's that sort of stuff that isn't shown that needs to be shown. I agree. And I think um, there's a real benefit in, in like say, showing the journey, the hard work journey that comes when you are maybe less lucky, if you like, yeah, in, yeah. in the world. And there's, people really appreciate seeing hard work as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and like you said, for me, um, not coming from a, a wealthy background like a lot of my competitors, it's it's hard work that's going to get the job done at the end of the day. There's there's not much more to it than that. It's hard work, dedication, commitment, and like you said, uh, it's through social media and all the PR sort of stuff. That I kind of like to show a more well-rounded kind of look into what it's really like yeah. doing it like I said earlier yeah. if you could create a dream team for drivers two cars say 
Uh, you are obviously in one of them. Right. Uh, who would the other three be? They can be dead or alive. Doesn't three. matter who. Doesn't matter uh, age. Doesn't matter what, anything. Just three other drivers. For me, it would be Jim Clark, Ayrton Senna, and Sebastian Loeb. Why? I, I kind of count those three, uh, three drivers as, in my opinion, a lot would disagree. Uh, a lot of people disagree with me as those are the most versatile, um, technically correct, um, and just outright quick drivers that have ever lived. And the, the facts and numbers all prove it. Um, and you've got drivers and then you've got the driver's driver that just seems to be that cut above the rest. And in my opinion, those three drivers are... What is it then examples. that makes them, for example, the cut above the rest? Uh, in, in my opinion, it's it's that drive and, and want to always do better. Because um, there's so many drives that are capable of winning races and championships, but 99 out of 100 of these drivers don't have that want and need to do that bit better, even when they're winning. They're happy winning by two seconds, whereas these three drivers I've named want to win by five seconds. Take Sebastian Lowe, for example. It's, he wins three world championships in, in WRC, but then goes on to win nine instead. It's that want, need, desire to just go on and on and on and on and on, um, continuing the success that he's, that he's had and just breed it um, and kind of chase that success year after year. Do you have a, a like a mantra, anything that you tell yourself to keep to keep that discipline, that positivity? Is there anything that you say to yourself? For, for me personally, I haven't got I haven't got a mantra as such or a kind of quote I go by. But um, I always tell myself like, how much do you want it? What value on on making a career out of motorsport what what value do you put on that do you rate an extra hour in bed more than one in a career do you rate an extra uh, or one mile less running than do you rate that more than in your career it's that same thing that I come back to every single time bottom line is how much do you want it yeah every time that's what it comes down to yeah and you want it a lot a lot and so what's next for you um, as of today, we haven't got any plans set in stone. We're working um, really, really hard to, first of all, make sure I'm racing something yeah. rather than nothing and, and standing still. That's that's the first step in stone and hopefully see myself in the uh, British touring car paddock um, in some way, shape or form. Hopefully building, building that following and... Um, building on top of the the numbers that I've already got with race wins, podiums and hopefully another championship. What's your route? Of how, like, how do you knock down those doors into something like the British Touring Car? It's it's such it, it's a big process and, and again it, a lot of it's opinion and what drivers rate as being important and what some drivers rate as not being important as, and and for me, racing 100% off sponsorship and backing through companies, 
uh, and businesses, it's it's that platform I need to get as many eyeballs on on me and on and on my car as possible over the course of a race weekend. And the British Touring Car Paddock provides me with exactly that uh, on such a big stage within the UK. I bloody hope you make it. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you very much. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Good. I hope Same the rest here. of your auto sport weekend or day, two days, day, yeah, day, day, day goes day, well. Yeah. And I really do, I really do hope that people listen and appreciate how talented you are and hope they give you all the backing that you need. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure.